I haven't opened a book yet, and I haven't watched a movie yet, even though I've been on quarantine for four to five days. Welcome to the 15 Minutes from Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Welcome back, friends. Thank you for joining us for part two of episode four. We hope you enjoy the show. I haven't opened a book yet, and I haven't watched a movie yet, even though I've been on quarantine for four to five days. Um, (laughs) So that leads us nicely into what are we talking about tonight, Jan? Virus outbreak media is trending. Ooh. So So this is an interesting concept. I'm not sure um, what it is about human nature that wants to kind of revel in the very situation we're suffering from. It's kind of, to me, it's like those people who have like a nasty breakup and then watch like all the really sad parts of romantic comedies or just romance movies that have like really sad endings um, for like their to quote have a good cry i don't understand this concept (laughs) um i i think there's something really interesting where we want to connect and identify with the emotions that we're going through in someone else but also that when it's in a book or it's on a screen it is not 100% reality. So you can have the emotions, but you're you're not witnessing the reality of someone actually going through that. It kind of allows you maybe to process, and this is what the article that we read um, talks about, but kind of allows you to process because I, I can definitely be a I need a good cry person. I think it can be therapeutic um, for me, although I have to say I don't really see seek out like I'm definitely not the break up and watch a sad movie person um Mm -hmm. I don't seek it out in that way but um I do when the when the feeling to have a good cry comes over me I can sit in the middle of the floor with a tub of ice cream and let that happen (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely have my moments where I cry I don't like to cry like my throat constricts and it's kind of painful for me like I just don't enjoy the process at all um but I also recently interesting aside I took that Enneagram test um and I rolled a type seven and it says that we crave adventure hate commitment and avoid bad feelings and even though it was like Yeah, even though it was like 20 questions, so therefore extremely thorough in its analysis of complexities of human nature. (laughs) That's pretty spot on for me. I do like crave adventure. Um, That's like kind of the primary motivator for me. Um, Thus moving to Prague with my entire family for, you know, no real pressing reason. Um, (laughs) Even though Andy was on board with that people, I did not like make that decision in vacuum. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I do avoid sad things. Yeah. 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 You and I have talked about that because I can be a bit of the opposite. Now, the older I get, um, the less that I enjoy watching 
sad or not even so much sad, but realistic um, films or TV. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, definitely like that was my thing. My favorite movies movies reflected that, and uh, I was much more a uh, let's see reality everywhere. Mm-hmm. The older I get, I'm like, if I want to sit down and watch something for 45 minutes to three hours, it needs to make me laugh and I need to be out of reality because reality is reality. It's undesirable. Yes. Um, But I I still do that in books. I have a hard time reading light, fluffy books. I would rather. um, Oh, I love it. I I love it. I love it. I love it. It's actually been a hard year for us swapping book titles. I know. Because <laughs> every time you recommend something, I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but Hey, I've had some good recommendations. You have. You have. You have. I'm, I'm not discrediting your taste. You have very good taste. But, um, but you read so many books last year that you were giving yeah. me lots of recommendations. So, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a happy, fluffy book person. No. I enjoy good fluff, I gotta say. I get I, um, it. I totally understand where it's coming from. I think just in the book, it it doesn't strike me the same as as viewing it. Um, yeah. I also like habit. romantic comedies, like all the boys I've, to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix. Like I adore oh, that movie. Yeah, it's so cute. It's funny that you like that stuff in film, but you don't like it in books, though. I know. What's going on there? If anyone is a qualified psychologist and would like to explore the idea further. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting that these these things are trending. It kind of begs the question, like, are we looking for ideas? Are we commiserating? Are we scaring the shit out of ourselves for no reason? Well, there is a really interesting quote from Lindsay Decker. She um, is a lecturer at Boston University and she studies horror films, which I just love. Like, I would love for that to be your job. What do you do? Oh, I watch Nightmare on Elm Street and get paid. I would rather die. I hate horror films. That's true. I don't enjoy them either. But as a job, like, that's interesting. So she has this great quote. um, And she says, one of the great things about horror is it allows us to experience heightened emotions. We can experience fear and tension and suspense, but we have control over it. We can hit pause anytime we want. We can fast forward. We have control over our experience of that fear, which I think is very comforting. Um, and I think that that is the thing that the the binge that we might see right now of um, this type of outbreak um, media is because people want to think about, well, where could this go? What happens? How does it work? Yeah. Um, and and something that's also mentioned in the article that I think is really true is Hollywood movies generally have a happy ending. Even if it takes us a minute to get there, even if, like, the process isn't fun, Hollywood doesn't usually leave us in the depths of despair. So I think it's also maybe right now when we really don't know, like, is this 10 days? Is it 30 days? Is it 300 days? We don't know. Um, Watch a two-hour movie, and at the end they go, the humans overcame nature again. The end. Yeah. It's true. I think that um, as as a human species, we really love a redemption story. So 
even in our like post-apocalyptic literature, you you often see, not always, but you often see just a spark of hope at the end or inspiration at the end, mm-hmm. even if it's not hopeful, even if it all ends in like bleak despair. There's like like the road, for instance. Um, I will have to tell you that up front that I made it halfway through the road. I got to a part that like I it just literally turned my stomach. I could not handle it. And I so I read it. I don't know anything about it. So uh it's it's Cormac McCarthy and people love it. There's a movie. I haven't seen the movie because I got halfway through the book and stopped. And I took the book back to Andy, who likes sad books like you. And I was like, you need to finish this book. And tell me what happens in the end. Because because <laughs> my friend Liza was like, this is my favorite book. And I was like, oh, I have to read it. Liza's always got really good book recommendations. I got halfway through and I was just like, man, she is a stronger woman than I. Because I did not get through this. And it, it's sort of a, it's not a virus. It's a nuclear fallout kind of situation, if I remember uh-huh. correctly. But um it's this man and his son and they have to leave where their home is and they have to kind of make this journey. And so oh, the whole I book is remember there is a film about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it's the very road, familiar. I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that therapy that like taking you through the process, taking you through the emotions that, that can be very ther- therapeutic for some people. However, we also know that it can trigger some people. Yeah. So even as much I'm as I'm that person. Yeah. <laughs> as much as this is trending right now, and I've seen, I think I've sent you three articles from The Guardian, for example, about things yeah. to watch or things to read. Um, if that is not for you, don't do it. Jan, no. don't do it because no. um, you don't want to trigger in yourself. It really <laughs> goes back to knowing yourself. I was uh, just but, thinking that but, we are so on the same wavelength. We so are. This is why we make <laughs> podcasts together. Um, so well, I think my, it's more like why we have 25 years of friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> um, not allowed. That's true. Um, so if you aren't a person that can dive into these therapeutic, um, I'm just going to binge all of the end of the world movies and books, what are our recommendations for let's be happy and smile and give some some better feelings? Well, one that is sort of on the fence um, between therapeutic end of the world apocalyptic scenario and also inspirational uh hopeful I don't want to like kind of give away the end but um I really like the description the book is station 11 and people rave Everyone's about talking book. about this book tell me about I it I know well I think they're making a movie this year um next year I don't know when they're making the movie but I, I think that there's a movie in development no 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 it's a mini series it's an HBO oh. mini series oh and and I read the book let's see it came out in like 2014 2015 and I read it really 
probably about that time, like when it was a new book. And I really, I have, I remember enjoying it. I don't remember a lot of specifics about it, but I liked this synopsis, this piece of a synopsis. This isn't the whole synopsis, but this piece of a synopsis about the book that was in the Guardian article that you sent me, that which we will link in the show notes. Um, and it says the real drama of the novel doesn't come from the from gore or gun battles, but from the protagonist's constant reckoning with just how much they have lost. Survival is insufficient. They keep reminding each other, even as survival itself is far from guaranteed. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, it's so kind it, of like that society is more than just being alive. Yeah, it's. She has these, the protagonist has these, uh, it, it goes back and forth in time between like when the outbreak uh, happened mm-hmm. and when, and there's like a Shakespeare tie-in too, which after Ooh. our episode yesterday, I was, because the, the guy is performing King Lear. Yeah, the guy's performing King Lear and I was like, hmm, I wonder if the author... Oh, maybe she knew. inspired by that little tidbit of knowledge. But anyway, it goes back and forth between... The time when the outbreak happened and current timeline and she has these comic books that are written by well anyway I don't want to give too much away I'm like really struggling yeah to don't, not... don't tell me don't tell me I'm gonna read this one you're gonna read station 11 good yeah, yeah it's really good it's good there I really like how it's you know what have we lost about humanity what can we get back and the journey is really compelling and mm-hmm. I, I just think there it's it's kind of hopeful in its bleakness <laughs> so it's a good it's a good recommendation I think a lot of people tend to connect with it so yeah what about you what do you have to tell tell us um about? so I would say um one of the books that I would recommend is a book I got for Christmas from my friend Yitka Um, It's called Artemis by Andy Weir, and his name probably sounds familiar because he's the guy that wrote Martian, uh, which Mm -hmm. was also a movie with Matt Damon, Um, and it's set on the moon, and if someone doesn't like sci-fi, I'm not a sci-fi person, that's okay, you don't need sci-fi to make this work, because the thing that I love about Andy Weir's writing is that he writes from a very scientific, like, these things are plausible uh, and could be possible in the future point of view, which I um, enjoy. And it's from the perspective, the protagonist is um, a young woman and she needs to save her moon colony. And it kind of takes us through, is she able to do it? How she is able to do it? The connections that she has with the people on the um, on the moon and in the colony with her. And um She's kind of sassy and fun and just everything you want in someone who's going to save you. She's not perfect, but she's she has all those good qualities. Um, so I really enjoyed reading it a lot. And I think that it has this nice, again, we can come together. We can all work together because it's kind of the concept of that moon colony that mm-hmm. not one nation, not one um race not one language can save them but it's all of humanity coming together uh so my pick would be artemis which i'm not sure have you read that one or not i did okay it didn't grab me as much as the martian but maybe i was comparing it too much as 
to The Martian. So they're very um, different books. They are, and it, and it could have also been the mood I was in at the time. I think I think I remember just not feeling in the mood for that kind of story, and you know that can really affect your yes, perception absolutely. of a book. I think I need to go back and reread it. Maybe I'm inspired by your your recommendation here. So run me through a couple other four or five other titles that you would say um, are some of your four favorite. Four five, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> A hundred. I don't know. I have, I have three. I have three. <laughs> okay, give me three. Okay. Uh, Gentlemen in Moscow. I loved this book. It is it is long. So if you have a lot of time on your hands at home, um, it it feels like you read this one. Yeah? Yes, yes. And I loved it. I gave it yeah. to my friend Clara as a Christmas present. I loved it so much. Oh, my gosh. I adored this book. So basically we have a gentleman who is uh, from the Russian aristocracy and with the Bolshevik revolution, he is sentenced to this fancy hotel and he is kicked out of his fancy hotel room that he's staying in at the time. And he's moved up to the attic and, but this, this hotel becomes his whole world, which I think is interesting for this, like, quarantine situation that we're in like you know they're allowed to be social so it's not like quite so severe but he his whole world becomes this hotel and it flashback flashes back to like times before he was uh sentenced to stay in the hotel and in there's characters that from the staff that work there to the guests and it's just this wonderfully woven story that's both historically interesting as well as like relationally interesting Mm -hmm. and actually we have some friends here in Prague Melissa and Dave of um, they have a podcast called a strong sense of place and they just did their Russia episode and they talk about a gentleman in Moscow so if you want to hear yeah if you want to hear more about it from people who are much more articulate talking about books than I am, (laughs) then uh, listen to their podcast and I'll put a link in the show notes because it's, it's really good. And also if you're kind of, they, they review books with a strong sense of place. So like it's, it's kind of travel related. So if you're feeling a little stir crazy, um, if you're a traveler like us, yeah, if you're a traveler like us and you're kind of feeling a little stir crazy that you can't travel, like these recommendations that they give for books that kind of transport you to another place, another culture, something that you can like really feel in the story. They do an excellent job of curating books that have that sensibility. So cool. Thanks for the That's tip. my first recommendation. My second recommendation is The Name of the Wind by Pat- Patrick Rothfuss. And this is kind of a fantasy genre, um, world building type of book. And it's not necessarily happy, I wouldn't say. Like the the protagonist has a lot of struggle, but it's so well written and it's so engrossing and so transporting. And it's long, like thousands of pages long. <laughs> It'll keep you going through a there's, quarantine. There's two books. So um, 
so yeah, so it can it can keep you busy for a while. Andy's actually just reading. I think he might have just finished the second one. We haven't discussed it yet, but um, but it's so good, so good. Sounds so, good. That is my second recommendation, and my third one is not a book that you're gonna want to read, but it's light and <laughs> fluffy. And lay it on me. Lay it on me. <laughs> it's a YA romance that's set in Paris. Um, this American girl gets sent to Paris for her senior year of high school and it's called Anna and the French kiss. And it is a romance, but there's so much more. I mean, you get, you get the feeling of being in Paris. It's, it's light. It's sweet. Um, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it sounds cute. Yeah. It's really cute. It's not too, you know, YA romances tend to back off the, steaminess because you know these are teenagers <laughs> right so um you know there's just a little bit of that going on but really stephanie perkins went on to write uh, a couple of follow-ups and while i didn't like them as well as anna and the french kiss i thought they were both really cute so um all three of the books in that series you can find i'll link to them in the show notes but that's my last recommendation for cool good tips books to read well my number one recommendation for any human that's ever been alive on the face of the earth and if you've had a five-minute conversation with me I've talked about this book is Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman Mm -hmm. Uh, I read it when I was at university I fell in love with it I've had to rebuy it twice because the book keeps falling apart because I read it so much Um, it is it's fictional book Um, It takes a look at what kind of dreams Einstein was having while he was coming up with his his theory of relativity. And so it's what if time was different? And there are about 20 short stories. Um, What if time was slower the further we um, got from Earth? Or what if time Mm -hmm. could stand still? Or what if we could see in three dimensions all the choices uh, before us? And it just, it um, is a really lovely way to think about when the universe and our reality feels so permanent to think about, well, actually time and everything around us could be different. Um, So it's my favorite. For kind of the feel good, what you were just talking about, it's probably also considered young adult literature, um, is The Witch of Blackbird Pond by Elizabeth George Spear. It deals with prejudice. It deals with uh, culture clash. It deals with all of these interesting topics. Yes. Hysterics. Panic. Um, But it deals with them in such a beautiful, gentle way. It is a um, young woman who suddenly finds herself in colonial America um, and she's from Barbados and just the culture clash and what's happening and um, how people react to her. Um, it's good. It's good. I highly recommend it. Uh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah I, my mom gave it to me when I was about 12 and she was like, this was my favorite book growing up. And then it was my favorite book growing up. And ah, I love it. Uh, I would recommend the number one ladies detective agency. Um, There are lots of those books, probably around 20 of them. You don't have to read them in order. 
Um, the first book is called The Number One Ladies Detective Agency. It's by Alexandra McCall Smith. Um, it's set in Botswana. So again, if your feet are itching and you can't get on a plane right now, check out this book because you'll feel like you're in Botswana. The way that he writes, the rhythm of the language is lovely. It mm -hmm. has a bit of a mystery in every one of them, but also it's resolved. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I find it so fascinating that, that they're written by a Scottish man. I know. I, I know that he spent time in Africa. I don't know yeah. exactly his connection, but mm -hmm. um, he gets the voice, the he African does. rhythm and African voice down really well. It's it's lovely to read. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a good one I tell my students to read because the language is really nice and it's, um, it's not complicated. He He writes it in a way that you really fall through the stories uh, with little effort. So um, I recommend it to students quite often. And then the last but not least is my other favorite book from last year is Circe by Madeline Miller. Again, not necessarily a feel-good book in that it's happy. Um, <laughs> Circe is a goddess, a Greek goddess. You may know her because she shows up in the Iliad. Um, and... Uh, I, I describe this book in one sentence is it's every human's experience, even though she's a goddess, mm -hmm. um, because although she's a goddess, she goes through all steps of life. She goes through falling in love and heartbreak and mm -hmm. tragedy and betrayal and, um, also Jealousy. happiness. Yeah. And it just. Um, every person that I've recommended it to that's read it has walked away saying, yeah, Madeline Miller really captured the human experience. So, yeah. and her first book, my song, recommendation. her first book, Song of Achilles was phenomenal as well. Um, yes. So if you enjoy mythology, that's a really, really good, she's a really, really good author. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think that that is we don't really have any um Czech Republic updates today like everything is pretty much the same um government decree wise we're all still on quarantine housebound quarantine at this point and we are allowed to walk in parks I love that about Czechs they're like yes gotta get that get nature out, in. soak in some nature it's true so yeah. to wrap up i'm going to read a quote from nikita gill who um is a modern poet she's on facebook she's on instagram and i really really enjoy her poetry and her take and this is called love in the time of coronavirus this is just me checking in sending you the moon as a poem praying and wishing for us all a speedy recovery and if nothing else there will always be poetry. We will always have poetry. Beautiful. So have a good evening. Yes, you too. And to everybody who's listening to us, we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. So that was part two of episode four. We hope you enjoyed it. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends, but if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks for listening and be kind to each other. We'll be back here tomorrow.
This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue.